Alright everybody, uh, welcome back. This is now episode 4, and we're here tonight on the Dynasty Owners Manual Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Allen, and I'm here, as always, with my co-host and partner in crime, Adam Wildy. Adam, how you doing tonight, man? I'm doing great. Welcome to episode 4, everybody. Alright, so I think, yet again, I mean, it's it always it blows my mind the types of folks that we get a chance to talk to, and uh, once again... I mean, I have a you know huge appreciation for the one the topic that we're going to be discussing tonight, and to our guest, uh, we have John Bosch here uh, from the Dynasty Game Night podcast. Uh, and I mean, John, I've been I've been listening to the podcast. Uh, I've been actually just been getting into it over the past couple of weeks, and uh, it's an interesting format. And I'm, I'm hoping we can get a chance to at least talk about some situational stuff that's happened on the show. So, but yeah, can you give us a quick intro as to what you do? Uh, we'll get into the topic tonight here in just a second. Yeah, sure. On that on that one, uh, so that's me and Matt Price of Dynasty League, Dynasty League Football. And first of all, thanks for having me, guys. Like, I'm I'm not somebody who should be uh, like, like, yay, we're taking to talk to John Bosch. I'm just you know me, but whatever. <laughs> oh no way, man. We're so happy to have you. <laughs> I was like, as soon as Adam asked, I'm like, yeah, of course I'll jump on. Definitely want to talk about league psychology, which is going to be a blast. But so game night, uh, it kind of started as a lark. Like Matt Price is and I both love to just play games. Like, we enjoy it. And I think somebody in one of our league chats, uh, might have been me, <laughs> said to him, hey, Matt, you should definitely, you should, you should just do a game podcast. Like, that would be so much fun. Just because I wanted to listen to it. And then he kind of responded, I'll do it if you <laughs> if you do it with me. And I was like, all right, well, all right, let's get it going. And uh, it's kind of taken off. People seem to have a lot of fun listening to it. It's definitely different. Um, you might get a little information. I mean, you will get a little information. I do know that. We we do provide some inf- information, but it's definitely in a very different manner than you get from your standard Dynasty podcast. Oh, yes, absolutely. And I think just the, the theme song from it is now got, it's getting stuck in my head. Uh, so I've been like kind of humming the tune over the past like couple of days. I'm like, why am I singing this? Am I, like, what is this? So, that is courtesy of Dynasty Dummy Zach Reed. He is a mad genius with horrible, awful, awesome, fantastic fantasy football parody songs. So, oh yeah, I've been, I've been people describe up. it both ways. So I don't want to. I don't want to take sides. Gotcha. I love him. Oh yeah, I think I think the 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 flavor and uniqueness of the show I think is uh, something that everybody can enjoy. So some of the games I think that I've been. Uh, hearing on the show have been really interesting, so I'm looking forward to is tournament of champions. That's that's still that's still going, right? Tonight's the championship. As soon as we, we wrap this this up, I'll be recording the uh, championship tonight with uh, Matt Price taking on Ryan McDowell and Nathan Powell. Okay. Oh, that's gonna be a superstar matchup! I oh, can't yeah. wait to hear. That yeah, one. we'll have to we'll have to listen to that because we just talked with uh, Nathan last week, so that that'll be really interesting to, uh, to to take a listen to. So, all right, so let's get into the topic tonight, so we can get you off to that. Uh, so again, we're talking about uh, league psychology, and I mean this was. I mean, Adam's suggestion, and after he after he said that, I, I mean, I immediately latched on because that's really intriguing to me because it sounds like a fascinating thing to have to understand. Because if I, you know, if I tried to, if I wanted to understand league psychology, it's more or less trying to, you know, figure out the maybe nine, eleven, or I guess depending on the league you're in, fifty three other people <laughs> that you could possibly be up against in any particular league, and not understanding the players that might be involved but just the owners themselves and getting a feel for for their tendency 
like in poker, they say you know you're playing the man, not particularly the cards. So is that? Do you think that would be a, an apt description of league psychology, or how would you add to that? Yeah, I mean that's a that's a perfect comparison. Is play the player, not the cards, because there are plenty of times where uh, it's just. I mean, it, for me, league psychology is huge. I'm not somebody who's going to sit and break down hours and hours and hours of film. And even if I did, I don't think I'm better at it than anybody else. But I definitely think I can participate heavily in league activities, the chats, be extremely active in them, and you start to figure out who likes certain players, who likes certain things, who's who gets itchy to trade, and all of a sudden just trades because they want to trade. Tyler. So, <laughs> I didn't say his name. But Shout out to Tyler. He's, he's definitely one who, at this point now, he just rejects my trades automatically because I I could always tell when Tyler was getting itchy. So now he's now I'm just on auto reject with him. But to me, it's a it's it's that it's a huge important. It's the most important factor. Everybody's going to eventually find out about players at this level. I mean, you're not gonna you're not playing in leagues with guys that are you know only watching football three months out of the year at this point. At this point, where the leagues that we're playing in and the people that are listening to this podcast are playing with folks that are in-depth in Dynasty, and they're not going to miss a bunch of players. So I'm not getting an edge right there. I want to try and get an edge by getting to know my league mates, knowing how to work with them, and knowing kind of how the league views positions, players, draft picks, everything. I mean, the, the better handle you have on how your league thinks and how each individual in the league thinks, I think it gives you an advantage. So with that being said, I mean, so we try and model this podcast or I guess uh, gear this podcast towards both uh, the folks that you're talking about, guys that, you know, have at least a, let's see, a depth of knowledge when it comes to dynasty of, you know, dynasty football or just football in general. But we also want to talk about the talk to the new people that are getting involved as well. So with so you know with owners getting into a bunch of different leagues or new guys jumping into you know their very first league i mean would understanding or you know why would understanding league psychology be something that you should do not necessarily right off the bat but you should you should consider once you get into your first league yeah i mean i i just think it gives you an edge and one you do have to have an active league to kind of be able to start to understand it if you are in a league that's inactive basically all off season if there's no chat then it is strictly going to just keep coming down to whoever picks the right players but what you need to do is try and force that activity be the person that starts offering trades as you start trading with people or even getting rejections you start to get a little bit of their how they think about players how they think about their roster construction knowing how somebody else thinks is just as important as making sure you're sticking to how you think about a player or about your roster or anything like that. Right, and there's not much point in keeping a notebook on trades if you only have a, a league that's doing two trades over the entire offseason. So it also lends to league psychology to get things going, as you said. So checking into the group chat or another big one is creating a group chat if there mm-hmm. isn't one seen that a lot because things get really difficult without a group chat Uh, if you can't just go to the group chat and say hey I don't know if everyone got the email but uh, Corey Davis is on the block has anybody heard that receiver is anyone a big fan of him Um, 
you can't really do that if you don't have that group chat. So getting the things going so that you can lead into learning about league psychology is league psychology in itself. It is. You're steering the ship in order to allow yourself to get more information, but it ends up making the league stronger as well. So everybody starts getting a little more interested when they're participating and that's your advantage. You want interested owners. Interested owners will give up a little bit more information. I love to talk fantasy football, obviously. I talk it nonstop. So I am completely open. I pretty much give away any strategy that I ever have because I also think that people are smart enough they're going to catch on to what I'm doing almost instantly anyways. So we're talking trade strategy at this point um, and specifically towards some of the leagues we're in, like, uh, Pigs 3 or the league we just picked up together. Um, how do you feel about people using your ranks against you uh, in a trade <laughs> or maybe using your ranks for you? How do you feel about that? Well, I don't do ranks because uh, I, okay. <laughs> I, I, I really don't like ranks. <laughs> I have a hate-hate relationship with them because to me, every, <laughs> literally like every situation is so individualized that – I can't rank them. And I mean, I can always tell you like guys that I think would be in the same tiers. And when I prep for some sort of an auction, that's what I do. I will create a list or I used to, I mean, now at this point, I kind of just have it in my head where I think guys are and comparable guys who's left and stuff like that. But instead of creating ranks, I would always just create kind of like blocks, tiers of players, yeah, tiers for sure. People using ranks against you. I, I mean, I do hear that. <laughs> you, yep. you definitely, you see it in the chat even. Uh, so I see that you have this guy ranked seven and I have this guy ranked eight. You want to flip-flop him? My answer to that would always be if I was the person, look, I'm not doing a one-for-one one trade at that point. Like, even if I do think my guy is a little bit below your guy, I'm not going to do a one-for-one one straight swap at a position. Like, that almost never makes sense. There has to be some other variable that makes you want to trade. A one-for-one, one, if a guy's an injured and a guy's healthy, you know, that makes sense. But if it's just straight one-for-one, one, I don't know why anybody would ever do that. So it would be tough for me to to ever take the argument of a rank against people. Plus, I mean, right. a lot of the leagues are now so customized with scoring that things get thrown off. And you can't have ranks just for a league because it changes in the leagues. You know, there's certain running backs are more valuable in certain league setups Certain tight ends might be more valuable in a different league setup. Usually they're going to be close to the same, but there's going to be a little bit, little bits of variances. And for the rankers that are listening or people who may be new listening, um, just for reference, maybe we're talking about a trade involving Adam Thielen for Corey Davis. Uh, and you're asking me to throw in maybe a little extra for Thielen. Uh, this is me saying that I'm going to your rankings and saying, hold on a second. Uh, you have Thielen as your wide receiver 19 and you have Corey Davis as your wide receiver 20. Why are you asking me to throw in for Thielen? So the debate here is whether or not that's very fair. And what I've gotten from some rankers is that I put out my rank so that you can do that. Maybe the trade negotiations go quicker because you already know. So, Hey, go check out my ranks and then we'll discuss these players. And then I've heard from other rankers. Well, sometimes the ranks aren't updated. So maybe I did it last month and these players have moved situations changed or maybe uh, league scoring is different. So maybe it's point per carry, something like that. So that's the debate brought up here, how you feel using your ranks for or against you. Yeah, that's another reason I don't do ranks, is I will literally 
if I did them, I would be like addicted to trying to keep them updated or I would just give up altogether. It wouldn't be anything in between. It would either be a constant fight for me to keep them how I want them or I would just after one day be like, I just can't do this. It's too much. I'm focusing way too much on something that's not really an advantage to me at all. Um, you know, because I, when I get a trade offer, I literally evaluate every single trade individually anyways within the league within the owner that i'm trading with that guy might have a sure it might be a trade that rank wise would win for me there's certain owners i just don't want to make their team better even like so why would i do it now you know there's all kinds of variables that go into making a trade beyond just oh i have this guy seven and you have him eight i'll flip flop so that's interesting Uh, i mean so overall like when we're talking about uh you know, the process for, let's say, not necessarily quantifying or qualifying, but just, just talking about the process in general of developing those notes that you can say, okay, well, maybe I do want to trade with this person or, you know, maybe I want to make an offer to this particular guy. Because, like, I remember, I think it was last summer, uh, I think there was an, an owner offered me, I think, the 1.03 and, like, the 2.03 for Devonta Freeman. Now, I didn't pull the trigger, but, again, it kept it, you know, it kind of kept the... You know the idea of offering a trade for you know for Devonta Freeman in the back of my mind for later. So I think it was mm-hmm. maybe towards the end of the season. I was trying to uh, package together something with uh, Devonta Freeman because I think he wound up getting Mixon uh, in the first round. So I was like, okay, so you know you were interested in Freeman. So you know, hey, like, would you are you interested in something now? Because I you know again had that note in the back of my head that he was interested in him, like, you know, just a few, you know, a few months prior. Is that a typical process that you would, uh, that you would employ in terms of, you know, using league psychology for that? Or how would you typically do that? I should, I, I wish I kept, uh, like the Leo Pasiga detailed notebook. I don't, uh, but I'm in enough leagues with enough people that we have, you know, there's a crossover where I end up in like four or five leagues with the same person. So I'll use I'll use Jason Franklin, TK, Terminal Kennedy, uh, as an example. Basically, I know he likes Dante Foreman and Tariq Cohen right now. So I know I can get either of those guys and then flip them to him. Only because I've seen him pick him up, all of a sudden like he'll go on a buying spree. So as soon as I see that in like two of our leagues, I go to the every other one that we share and I try and get those guys. Um, so I mean the longer you play, and this is all, this will only be my third year in Dynasty, but even after just two years, you start to know people well enough that you kind of know the players they like, and then you start to know the type of player they like, which becomes even more important because then you can start to you can start to be the first person that they come to, or you can come to them to try and make that trade with a player that you think is going to be their guy going into the next year. That becomes extremely helpful. I can't, I can't keep track of all of my leagues. Uh, I should, but that would just be way too much. But if you're active in the chats and you just develop relationships with people, I mean, you start to figure out who people like. And if you, if I'm okay talking one to one with anybody, I'll straight tell them who I like and who they don't like. I think if you develop that kind of an open back and forth relationship, people get comfortable, and they'll just ask you, "What do you think of this guy? Do you like him?" And I'll, I will answer, I will always answer honestly, yes or no. There's no point in me like not giving the right answer to try and sneak a deal by. I just straight say, yeah, I'm interested in that guy or no, I'm not. I mean, it's not to my disadvantage. I'm not going to 
I'm not going to overpay just because he knows that I like a guy. <laughs> I'm still going to give what I would give no matter what. Absolutely. And so you you bring up asking open conversation about, hey, do you like this guy? What would you be willing to trade for him? Um, but you also you also have player valuation and player evaluation that you have to do on your own end. So let's bring up the poll that started the <laughs> idea of this podcast, and we talked in depth about. Um, we provided this poll a, a number few, of times. Yeah, I can't get enough of this poll. So we provided a few examples of league psychology so far. Um, why don't you kick us off by talking about what player valuation and player evaluation means to you to start us? Okay, so to me, when I when I put that up, I was just curious because I, I've started to hear more and more and more about people just kind of like, oh, you know, I'm getting, I'm breaking down all this film on rookies. And I'm sitting there thinking like, why are you spending all these hours doing this? You can get that information from somebody else who has literally put in like hundreds of hours, pay 10 bucks, buy one of the reports, pay 30 bucks, buy three of the reports, get different perspectives. Like I trust way more people to break down film way better than I do. And I don't have that kind of time to spend that much. So Get the reports. So to me, that's player evaluation is just strictly, you know, the the skill set of a player, which I do want to know. I definitely want to know that for the rookie draft. I'm not going into rookie drafts or auctions without that tool, but I don't want to I don't have to be the one that develops that tool. There are plenty of people way better at it than I am. I will look at stuff. I will watch things. And I, I will have my own opinions. There'll be times I agree with some, disagree with others. I don't have anybody out there that I'm like, that's the only person I'm listening to because that's just dangerous. Um, player valuation. Now, to me, that's that's a huge, huge factor as well. That's buying and selling, you know, the assets on your team. That's something I love to do. <laughs> that's my other podcast, Dynasty Wall Street, where we strictly talk player value. We compare a player, you know, to what would you trade for? What what do you how do you compare him to this other player? What kind of pick would you give him? That's that's player valuation to me, which is extremely important. If you don't know how you value a player, you're gonna struggle in a trade because somebody might offer you something that you think, well, okay, that's the offer I'm getting. Maybe that's actually right. So to me, I pretty much always have in my head how much every player on my rosters is worth. I don't have it written down because that would be a file too long. But I know if I get an offer, there are certain offers I will reject instantly because I know that's not even close to where I value this player. There's other offers that will catch my eye and go, okay, this one I'm actually going to have to think about. To me, that's kind of the second most important thing because I do create that for myself, but I don't control what everybody else says. So <laughs> I can't, I can't control them. Uh, you know, that's kind of a second to the getting to understand their psychology part to me. How did that poll finish? I don't think I ever looked at the final results. What were the final results of it? Right. So I'll spill the beans on it. It was uh player valuation came second, which was my pick. And I'll get to in just a second. League psychology was first and player evaluation was a far third. And I think you hit the nail on the head on why player evaluation was a far third. Uh, the, the information is just out there and so readily available. So why I really spend so much time on it, even though I do. But how many? Also, how many people? How many? What was the percent on that? I wish I had it written down. It I remember was looking at one point. It was very like 20, low, man. It was like twenty to twenty-five percent at some point. 
And I was thinking, yes. I was thinking that means there's like three to four people in every single league that they think they're going to win this league by their tape breakdown. Yep, exactly. And <laughs> you better be really like. good at that skill set if you think you're going to win leagues based on that. And why would you even think that you were so good as to not do exactly what you said and go listen to someone else? So like I said, I do break down tape just for myself. I don't really put it out there unless I see something interesting, but I'm still going to go buy all of these different packages so that I can see how the experts actually broke them down. Mm-hmm. So player evaluation should have been a far third, which I'm completely okay with. And that's also because it's just so hard to evaluate these players in college and then just uh, the pro level um, game and expect to get similar results you might see completely different sometimes it works out sometimes it doesn't so I'm completely good with that being the far third now I was player valuation and I thought I was going to squeak it out but uh, <laughs> you ended up winning that league psychology uh, so my, my take on player valuation is that just there's some leagues that you um, don't have those real active owners so you're not really able to take advantage of um their differences in, in player values, which is what you need for league psychology. So my point was you really need the base for the value, just like you said, you have a value for everyone. Or if you check out Pigs 3, uh, John is the only person <laughs> I've ever seen actually list out his studs on the trade bait and exactly what he wants from them, which is awesome, perfect for player valuation. Or player valuation. And then uh, you can use league psychology to kind of finagle that a little bit but that's why I had player valuation first because I felt that that was the the basis for the player or for the league psychology sorry so now I want to see your take on it so how come you think that league psychology is a little more important than player valuation though not that much as we both admit yeah I mean it's it's not that much but it is more important to me just because there's there's more to understanding your league than just understanding the value of a player. The value of roster spots, how people think about that, how people think about their taxi squads, their future draft picks, how people think about which position's the most important. That's huge. And a lot of times, like, you'll see in group dis- in group chats, that'll get talked about a lot, and it'll get debated a lot. Is quarterback more important or is running back? Is it wide receiver because they last a lot longer so they actually are worth more value? Understanding that, how your league views it, who views it which way, is really, really important when you want to go make a trade. Because if you know a guy thinks wide receivers are trash and running backs are king, it makes it a little bit easier to get a wide receiver off that guy. You dangle a running back in front of him and he's going to be a lot more willing to give up a wide receiver. So... And you have to know which teams are which which teams are playing to win now, which tends to favor you know the running back value versus those people who are looking a year or two out, which and they're probably looking to invest in a wide receiver or like in pigs, maybe they're looking for cash, which get rid of it all and you take my cash, find out that person that wants cash and go give it to them, you know. So that's that to me is. It goes beyond just figuring out how much one single player is worth. There's a lot, so many different variables that make up a league. Right, and if if player evaluation weighs so little, like we say, towards the success of the team, why do you think that people spend so much time on film and analysis? And a little caveat to that is 
what resources are you using instead of spending so much time on it like we alluded to earlier? Because we're bored out of our minds. Absolutely. It's the off-season. Yeah. It's tough. Because the, the, the fantasy championships were, what, like Christmas? December you know, 25th or something around there? It feels and, like ages ago. And, and we're still eight days. What is today, Wednesday? Uh, yeah, yep. eight days away from the NFL draft. So oh, man. we have to do something with our time. So if we're not in a league talking to our league mates, just – you know, literally talking about nothing sometimes. Um, you might as well look up, go on YouTube and look at some clips of some guys. I'm not saying I don't ever look at clips of guys. There are certain guys where maybe I didn't see them at all in college. I, I have started watching a lot more college football since getting in the dynasty. So if there's a guy that I haven't seen, I'll go and look. I, I'll watch the combine because it's on TV now and it's easy to access. And, you know, I recorded it. <laughs> even so i will watch that kind of stuff but i don't there's nothing that tells me that like i'm gonna know better i mean i do watch things and i do think that it gives me i don't know it starts to form an impression for sure but as for resources i mean i know i'm not better than ghost with his orange report matt walman rsp um you know whalen with the graduates and stuff like there's so there's so many resources out there i mean just the websites, you know, Happy Hour, Dynasty yep. League Football. There is constant content, twenty four seven. That I can, if I'm going to read a, you know, a scouting report on an incoming rookie, I don't have to go and form my own scouting report. I can read that scouting report. If it's something that makes me want to look further into it, then I will. I mean, there are certain guys in the industry that I definitely follow more closely because I love the work they put out. So I will. I will definitely agree. It does, you know, uh, there are things that I will want to go see for myself, but most of the time it's if there's like a, you know, there's a, almost a, like a consensus divide, if that makes sense. Like half, half are here, half are here. It's a, it's, right. there's no mm-hmm. in between it's hate or love. Um, and at that point, then I will probably look a little bit into it myself just to see which side I end up being on. Inevitably and- I end up in the middle and I just say, like with Josh Allen, I don't love or hate him, but I know I'm going to end up with Josh Allen because people hate him. Yes. <laughs> so he's going to be cheap for me. So I'm going to be like, all right, you guys don't want him. I'll take him. That's fine. You know, people are like, well, he's Blake Bortles. Okay. Blake Bortles, you know, scored me a lot of points on a lot of my teams. So oh, yeah. I'm okay uh-huh. with that. I don't, I don't care about his mechanics. I'm not a scout trying to break down his mechanics. That doesn't matter to me at all. No, matters to me is the points he puts up on my lineup on a Sunday. Exactly. So well, you're going to get Josh Allen in all of our leagues. I promise that. <laughs> I, I see it I, happening I, now. I, I, I already mentioned. know that because, like, that's how everybody says, like, well, I'm not going to go for him. And all I'm thinking is, all right, let me get him for a dollar. That's even better. Yeah. Hey, if he's throwing 80 yards every play. You say you're not going to waste a dollar on he's throwing 80 yards every play. He's he's gonna he can only throw from the 20 right 20 and 20 and less or else he's gonna throw it out the back of the ends exactly, <laughs> um, i'm not again i'm not saying that i like him i'm just saying i know he's gonna be cheaper than the other options that's true and uh if he's half the price of the others i'll probably invest that on the chance that maybe he actually hits if he doesn't big deal i didn't lose that much money so. exactly and you named three great uh, resources right there. And also just the podcast right now are doing such a great job. Go ahead and plug Dynasty Blueprint with Ryan McDowell because 
Oh, I started absolutely, mm-hmm. and I started the off season thinking I'm going to watch film on every single player. I'm going to know all of their stats. And I tell you That's what, I got impossible. through like oh yeah, and I got through like a week, and I'm thinking, never mind, you know, I'm not doing that. Uh, so now what I do is I listen to podcasts like Dynasty Blueprint, and I just look to hear a player's name that I haven't heard. Which you would think that's hard, but you really do hear players' names from heard that. Then I'll go watch the film with that player. Like you said, if there's a divide, you go check it out too. But if I've never heard of them at all, I'm like, oh my goodness, that means no one else has ever heard of them. Let me go watch the film and see how I feel about them uh, on my own accord. Yeah, I'll do that too. That's when, like, when I do hear a name, when I come across a name I haven't heard, like, I immediately (laughs) go to Google. Type that person in, see if anybody's written up a report on them. I will read that. If there's a link to a video, I'll usually click it and just see, and I'll be like, oh, okay. Now I at least know who that person is. You know, I might I, I might not still really want them if I haven't really heard of them, but at least now I know. So when it gets down to, you know, all right, I got to nominate another rookie for a dollar. Well, I'll throw this guy up because somebody mentioned liking him. That's better than just a random nobody. Exactly, yeah, and I think it, for me, I think one of those examples that you guys are talking about that I haven't really heard a, a ton of buzz on because folks have been focused on Mayfield, Donald, Rose, and Allen, but uh, Kyle Laletta, like I've been oh, hearing his Kyle name, Lilletta. yeah, I've been hearing his yep. name pop up a bit more now that you know now mm-hmm. that the draft is getting a little bit closer. So um, I actually purchased uh, the rookie scouting portfolio, so I've been trying to dig into some of his skills and his traits, and I. I mean, I don't know if you guys have also purchased the RSP, but, I mean, the amount of – just speaking to what you're saying, John, I mean, if you want to talk about somebody that can break down, you know, spends hundreds of hours breaking down tape, I mean, that is yep. the prime example for me of, you know, what, what Waldman does and the way that they can translate what he sees to what you read. I mean, that is as in-depth as it's going to get. And uh, I do appreciate being able to type it in and say, okay, well, hey, I, I want to find out. I want to learn about this player today. And whether it's you know him, or I'm you know probably going to read about Royce Freeman tomorrow because I want to learn a bit more about him. I mean, it's just it doesn't matter. I mean, all of that stuff is pretty much done for you. And with only eight days to go before the draft, uh, I'm not going to have time to you know grind tape on all these guys <laughs> beforehand. So I'm going to need somebody that's done the legwork for me. And these guys have done it in spades, without a doubt. Uh, so, a quick question for you, since well, we were talking about player valuation, and I'm going to put you on the spot real quick. Uh, Adam and I were talking about this trade actually yesterday, and I'm leaning towards accepting it, but I wanted to kind of get your take on it. So this is this is helping out me. This is for none of the rest of you people that are listening tonight. This is for me personally. Uh, it can so, always apply to multiple people. Every ear muffs. Ear muffs. <laughs> so uh, hmm. I've got uh, – I, I was offered uh, Devonta Freeman for Vance McDonald, uh, the 105, 205, and a 2019 second. Just off the cuff, without knowing you know rosters or anything like that, what what are your thoughts on that? Uh, I would I, I I think to me it seems like you'd be getting a pretty good value. Now, I would trade Freeman away for that probably, unless I'm trying to compete to win this year. Then I'm probably still keeping Freeman. Okay, and are we but in just about every other situation? This is standard. Okay, all right. Yeah, I mean, in, in just about every other situation, I'm probably cashing out on Freeman. I have a I have a similar trade uh, that I'm that I'm trying to pull through with Freeman, where I'm trying to turn him into. Um, I think I'm going to go ahead and rebuild on a team I just missed the finals in last year, but 
other teams have really gone crazy this off season, and now I know I'm I've lost a level. So Freeman is a guy that I'm trying. I'm probably going to move, and it's going to be for Cup, uh, a second and a third, and then an increase in tight end from ASJ to Trey Burton, which isn't a huge increase, but to me it's it's enough of an increase. And I kind of view Cup like as a late first. So mm-hmm. to me, that trade that you're getting is pretty close to that. I mean. That sounds so fair. I would yeah. probably do it. Okay. I, so I would play a little. Trade if, unless I'm trying to win. If I'm trying to win, I still want Freeman. Because above all, I want to win. I don't even care like if I lose out on future trades. You know, If I look back and I've been like, oh, man, I should have taken that trade. doesn't matter to me if I won. Right. <laughs> because winning is all that matters. Exactly. And the reason that the format matters so much, and I played a little devil, devil's advocate with Chris here when we discussed this, is – that that 105 is so different in Superflex than it is in standard. So then you're looking at you're oh, either yeah, gonna have sure. to f- you're gonna have to flip to uh, maybe take DJ Moore there at 105 or see how you feel about Rashard Penny. I know we're all talking about a full first round with running backs, but it if I had the 105, I advised Chris to instead of doing that deal, trade back the 105 and then trade up his second round pick so that he would be right around the 111 and the 203-ish. And then I would try to get DJ Moore and then grab another running back on the back end because it's just so heavy. So those are the things that you have to think about. Mm -hmm. If I don't do the trade, what's my game plan? Because the game plan should never be just do nothing, just stand pat. Because if you're trading, you're already looking for making your team better. So you wouldn't have been necessarily looking to make that deal if you didn't need something done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that's important to understand that you know while you might be while you might have to reject a trade, or if you decide to reject a trade, you should always have a let's say a plan B or a strategy, especially around this time of year when you know that your you know your rookie draft is is coming up. So with that being said, and I love the banter. Thanks again for the advice, both of you guys. Um, you know, banter like this and discussing how you value players or deals that you're setting up or players that you're trying to move. I mean, I hear the same type of talk on the DGN podcast. Uh, I know there's one of the shows I think you did about a month ago or so. Um, I believe there was a, a trade or at least a trade discussion of uh, like Juju straight up for Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, I think that was one of the examples that I heard on the show. Uh, uh, but when you have those discussions on air and you no matter who's listening to it it could be you know your league mates or other folks that uh might have or that you might be playing against later i mean does that affect how you shape you know your trades going up knowing that going in that the other guy might know how you value a player or do you feel that it might affect how you would set up a trade like with that information in hand? um not really for me because a lot of times when i if I know I'm trying to get a guy, I'll come strong. <laughs> um, at this point, I do typically know what the other person is looking for. And one big thing I do is if somebody says they're selling a guy in the league chat, I try to be the first one to make an offer. Like if it's a guy I want, I get that offer immediately. And if they say, you know, I'm trying to get rid of Christian McCaffrey and I'm looking for a quarterback. If I can fit it, I'm including a quarterback in my offer. I, I will go after the guy I want, and I will give them what they're asking for, and I want to be the first person to do it. Um, so from that standpoint, it doesn't really shape what I 
would or wouldn't offer if I've talked about a guy on air. One, I don't know that everybody listens to me. <laughs> so, oh, uh, oh, we do. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have no reason to believe that anybody does. Uh, but even so, my my value could could have changed from the night before, literally. Now, there are plenty of times where I will hear somebody that I'm in a league with. They will mention a name and I'll go, hmm, okay. Maybe I, maybe I can sell this guy if they're looking exactly. for him. And, mm-hmm. and I will certainly... I mean, and I have said things and then gotten offers immediately after. And I'm like, oh, okay. I know why I'm getting those offers now. Um, and sometimes I'll take them. I mean, it's it, it all depends on the situation because each trade situation is individual. But I, I will definitely react that way as well if I hear somebody mention, mm-hmm. you know, that they're trying. And I even did it to Kevin, uh, my co-host on Wall Street. One night he valued, I think he, I think it was Moncrief, and he said he gave me a val, he gave a value of what he would pay for Moncrief, and he happened to have that pick in a league where I had Moncrief. <laughs> I sent him that trade, and he's like, "Well, I guess I'll accept this now." So, yeah, I mean, it's definitely definitely plays a factor in keeping your ears open. Anytime you can get information on what somebody else is looking for or looking to get rid of, you want to use that information. That's that's huge, and it, but it creates a it creates a good trade partner because if you're providing what they're looking for, they're going to remember that too. They're not going to think that you're just this, coming in to lowball yeah. them and try and steal something from them. And this is in reference to the uh, trade game, which sometimes you do get thrown on the spot. These aren't necessarily offers that you would give if you put in time, but I would say sometimes when you're playing the trade game and you have. Uh, you pick your player that you're going to trade for, which if you haven't heard the trade game in Dynasty Game Night, you need to check it out. It is really, Um, really hard. Like, to be on the spot without looking at any type of a roster, any type of a situation, any scenario, just literally, what would you give for the guy? I mean, it's so much harder than it actually even sounds on the air. You would get nothing but dead air from me, because I'd be like, uh... Oh, no, no, no. I cut all that dead air out. When in that- <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we, have, we have so much dead air. Like, by the time we're done recording, the podcast ends up being, like, 50% of the amount of recorded time. Right. That's not uncommon. <laughs> so, to bring this full circle, like in math class in high school, when they told me that I need to know this equation because I'm going to use it one day, you needed to tell me how I was going to use it one day. So I just wanted to provide an example of how you're going to use everything that you just listened to during the duration of the podcast. And this is in picks three with John, who I kind of talked about uh, this trade as it was going through. So my player evaluation, player evaluation, league psychology goes like this. Uh, I evaluate the player thinking that Alvin Kamara, a little bit better than an ass- of an asset than Kareem Hunt, just slightly. Uh, one running back ahead of Kareem Hunt. Now the problem in picks three, it's I'm right there. Yep, <laughs> it just, just slightly. Uh, the problem in picks three, it, it's a bankroll league. Uh, you have four owners of every player. So I went to all of the uh, Alvin Kamara owners, and I wanted to trade a stack of 2019 picks plus set amount of money for Alvin Kamara. Well. None of the Alvin Kamara owners were interested in future picks, which is fine. That just wasn't their team makeup. Uh, they were looking to compete now. It just happened that all of the Kamara owners were looking for that. So I went to ADP, found the next running back in line, and saw it was Kareem Hunt. 
sent the same exact offer to all of the Kareem Hunt owners, knowing that I wanted to go after Alvin Kamara. So sent that offer to the Kareem Hunt owners, found an owner that was looking for future picks and money. Uh, sent him the future picks and money. Immediately after I got Hunt, I went back to all the Alvin Kamara owners and I said, okay, do any of you like Hunt more than Kamara? Well, I ended up finding an owner that valued him very close and got the rest of the deal done. I traded um, Dak, Kamara, and Jimmy Graham, Cam, and Kam- – or sorry, Dak, Hunt, Jimmy Graham for Cam and Kamara. We were both very happy with the trade, but if I weren't – wasn't creative, didn't use league psychology, didn't evaluate the players, didn't check people's values, you wouldn't get that trade done. So that's kind of how you bring everything full circle and why you listen to podcasts like this. So I agree. I think that you've you showcased like all the pieces of what we've discussed this evening. I can't think of a more, I guess, apt approach like towards, you know, putting together a trade like that. I mean, John, have you have you seen it uh, seen or have you is that typically how you go about like doing trades like using the I guess the quote unquote format that Adam just described? Yeah, I mean, if somebody tells me they're not interested, like if I'm trying to buy for straight cash, um, and they say I'm not looking for money, I will ask, "What are you looking for?" Uh, if they give me a, they give me a specific position, that's normally what happens. You know, I'm looking for a quarterback. Okay, what kind of quarterback are you my roster? Then you know, at least I can either use that on acquire reference DK again because there was one trade that we did where he didn't want money from me but I knew he liked Cohen so I went and bought Cohen for money and then just like Adam did I turned around and I sold Cohen plus the amount you know a certain amount of future draft picks for the guy that I wanted literally was the exact same deal the amount of money that I paid for Cohen was the exact amount of money that I had offered him but that's not what he wanted. So sometimes you do have to do legwork. You you learn which owners like like just getting the money. And as you start to learn that, you can use it to your advantage because it makes it easier if you just approach them. Hey, I got this player and I got these picks. You know, can we make this deal now? You don't have to, you don't have to make that second step of first offering the cash being turned down, saying no, I need a player in return. So as you start to learn that in your league, it makes it a lot easier. Huh, I think that does that makes a that makes a ton of sense, and uh, I'm hoping that at some point soon, well, I'll probably be bothering both of you guys with like trade questions and whatnot. So, I'm, yeah, as we get as we get farther into the off season and into draft season that's coming up soon, uh, I'll be able to employ some of the techniques that both of you guys discussed tonight. So, John, we want to make sure that you got here quickly before you head off to the DGN uh, podcast for tonight. But I wanted to take a quick second to talk about. Uh, some of the like one of the side projects that you're working on, and that is the uh, eliminators for fantasy cares uh, that you're that you're currently doing. So, could you give us a, a quick description of what that is and kind of how it, how it works? Yeah, so these are a crazy, <laughs> crazy, insane. Uh, the, there is a celebrity, a fantasy football celebrity, and then 16 people that want to play with them. So, 17 total people in the league each week. The, it's best ball, so it's real easy. I'll um, be setting them up soon. I'm gonna. My goal is to have them all draft in June, be done in June before SFB kicks off. The cost was ten bucks to get in, uh, and since it is best ball, you know all you really have to do is draft, and the rest of it, <laughs> the rest of it, the computer does for you. But each week, the lowest scoring team is eliminated from the league. So week 16, it comes down to just two teams left. 
One will win. One will get second. Uh, you get, I think, uh, last year the prizes were fifty. For, so you got your money back, and then a hundred dollars ends up going to fantasy. Like thirty-five hundred last year through. Oh wow! That was way more than I ever thought. Like I originally set out to want to do like ten of them and raise a thousand pairs, but there was an overwhelming amount of response. There were plenty of people who volunteered to kind of head, you know, a league, which was amazing. That's huge. You know, ping me saying, "Hey, you know, I'm happy to do one of these if we can raise a little bit more money." I'm not gonna, not gonna like joke around. All of a sudden. And one day, like, DM'd me that he was, you know, to volunteer to do one. And I'm like, holy cow, who I am at this point. Like, there's no, he shouldn't know my name. Much less he's messaging me to offer. Like, that's huge. So that was, that was really cool. I'll never forget that moment. (laughs) But uh, that was really, really cool. So they get to 50 of them to raise $5,000 for Fantasy Cares. Awesome. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely looking for Those will be on fantasycares.net. Okay. You'll be able to go on there and just sign up, and I'll have all the, all the different options of celebrities to try and eliminate. And, I mean, all those all the celebrities, they, they you know, I mean, they're celebrities. So they're, I, I, I quote the celebrity, and they all appreciate that I quote the celebrity, sure. I think. But <laughs> they're all, you know, they were all very, 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 uh, you know, just appreciative to help out. Like it was, it was awesome. It was really one of the coolest things like I've ever done in fantasy football. So looking forward to getting that going again. That's amazing. That really is. So hopefully we'll hear more about that. And again, we do appreciate your time this evening. Uh, so once again, for the folks, can they, uh, can you tell them where they can find you at uh, either on Twitter or any of your other writing and whatnot? And of course the podcast, we're looking forward to hearing about the, the TOC that goes down tonight. Sure. Empire FFL. Uh, my podcasts right now are Dynasty Game Night and Dynasty Wall Street. Dynasty Wall Street is actually on Dynasty Trade Calculator's feed. I actually write for Dynasty Trade Calculator, and so do Riley and Kevin, who are my co-hosts of that podcast. So that's kind of why we're on the uh, DTC feed, and we you know, feed into uh, Trade Calculator. So that's, an, that's another fun one that I do. The series uh, DTC, I write about value change. Um in the season, I write about players that are going up and down on a month-to-month basis. This this offseason, I took it a little bit differently with the last one and kind of finally did uh, some guys that are really low in value that I think could go up, or even I had Todd Gurley in there. I still think he's a buy article. Now is the only time you're going to be able to buy him <laughs> because people people can see rookie picks. I'm gonna re- I can replace Todd Gurley uh, in a month. When your rookie draft's already over rosters, good luck getting him at that point. So while while he's not a buy low, it was kind of a buy now. I see. Now it into a little bit. Okay. I appreciate you guys having me. Thanks for thanks for having me. It's a lot of fun. Always, always fun talking football without talking about just specifically like players even. Oh, the okay. strategy of fantasy football is what draws me to it more than anything. I think every anybody can go and like draft the team and see behind the leagues that are starting to form more and more and more and become more complex. To me, that's what drives me in fantasy football. I like strategy anything, so the fact that I can play it in fantasy football is even better. And I Agreed. think that's what's that's what's pulling me into the the dynasty format is that the, you know, understanding the strategy that's involved behind it, not necessarily just 
finding out, okay, so do I do I start this person? Do I put this person on my bench? I mean, there's so much more to, more to fantasy football than just you know flipping a coin and saying, hey, I should start, sit this guy, play this defense, pick this person up, or you know whatever the case may be. And I think you know with dynasty, I think you you get a little bit deeper, you know, you get a little bit deeper down the rabbit hole. So we do appreciate you taking taking the time to kind of sit down with us and uh, figure out you know how we can go through some of this. You know, when it comes to league psychology, you know, what the, the ins and outs of that. So, Adam, uh, can you let us know where the folks can find you at? Yes, thank you all for joining us for episode five. And you can find me at DHH underscore Adam. Uh, it's been a blast talking to these guys. And John came on to talk about my favorite subject so far. So, uh, no knock to every other podcast we've done so far. They've been great, but it's just so much fun to dig into the game outside of the player's name. So I really hope you guys enjoy this one, and I appreciate you listening. Yep, and I can only echo Adam's thoughts here, and I am, again, your host, Chris Allen. You can find me on Twitter, rambling about beer and whatnot, um, at ChrisAllenFFWX. And, uh, again, we're looking forward to probably having John back at some point because I know after the draft and kind of how things change throughout the league and some of these uh, leagues start to form, Uh, we're going to have to bring you back and uh, get into it again. So thanks again, guys, and we'll catch you all next week.